time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. All right, it's Friday. We call it Good Friday. It wasn't good for the disciples 2,000 years ago. It was the worst Friday of their entire lives. All of their hopes and their dreams, all of the fulfilled prophecies they thought had come true, now were come, coming crashing down around their world and and their their lives were disintegrating. And it wasn't just that, oh, okay, that person I was following is now dead. It was everything they had hoped for for this life and for the next life had completely been annihilated by the death of Jesus Christ. They, they had no idea how their lives were about to change. And here in Resurrection Week at Vintage Truth, we're talking about some of the arguments against the resurrection. And we talked about in our last broadcast how this first argument was that Jesus didn't really die. We, we, we just blew that one apart. And by the way, the whole idea that some people today will just try to just mouth off is that, well, Jesus never really existed. Like that is the most unintelligent thing you can possibly say. Jesus Christ was an historical fact. He lived. He was here. Now you can begin to argue about whether or not he really did the things the Bible said he did. And we can talk about that. But to say he didn't exist is just, I mean, no real person says that anymore. Anyone who has any sense of intelligence. So Jesus did really die. We talked about that. Secondly, the argument that the disciples stole his body. We saw that, that that's, that's a bogus argument because they didn't even know he was going to rise from the dead. And besides, they were scared to death of the Roman government. And so they were hiding. Thirdly, that they all went to the wrong tomb. Everybody did. Everybody went to the wrong tomb. So here's the most important person, a person you believe is the Messiah, is the God-man, is God in human flesh, but you're going to be that dumb as to go to the wrong tomb to go and honor him or to go and you know bring spices for his, for his uh, burial to prepare, help prepare his body. You're going to go to the wrong tomb, right? Yeah, that, that's it. We, we disproved that. Theory number four is that the resurrection was really just a giant hallucination. They just hallucinated this thing. Let me tell you why, why that is um, undocumentable, okay? Three basic reasons. Number one, because of the number of people that saw Jesus alive with their eyes, who were eyewitnesses. Now, in a Jewish court of law, it only took two eyewitnesses to prove a fact or to give credible evidence that something occurred. You know, Levi stole someone's donkey over here. We got two guys that saw him do it. Okay, Levi, you're guilty, right? So when it comes to Jesus, <laughs> he made sure that more than two people saw him. And in 1 Corinthians 15, besides the account that we have in the Gospels, obviously, of his appearances. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, For I deliver to you of first importance that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, 
and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, or Peter, that's one, then to the twelve, all right, the disciples, you say, well, you know, they kind of came to an agreement, let's say, let's say he appeared to us, okay, yeah, good idea. And then that he appeared to more than 500 brethren, that's Christians at one time, and then he adds, Paul adds, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. He's saying, these people are still alive. They weren't just in this little cult and then they got out of it and, you know, some of them recanting the story saying, well, I, I thought he was real and turns out I was, I was drinking too much wine. No, none of them said that. They all saw those 120 people, oh, excuse me, more than 500 people saw him at one time, at one time. And, and Paul's basically saying, why don't you go ask them? They're still alive. And Paul says, then he, then he appeared to James and then all the apostles. Remember, Thomas was absent. And, and last of all, as, as it were to one untimely born, he appeared to me also when Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. So not just two witnesses. Way, way beyond 500 witnesses saw him alive. Secondly, when Jesus appeared alive from the dead, he appeared in such a way that not only you could see him, but you could hear him, and you can even touch him. Do you remember in John chapter 20, when Jesus makes one of his post-resurrection appearances, and in verse, uh, beginning in verse uh 27, he says to Thomas, he says, uh, reach here your finger and see my hands and reach here your hand and put it into my side. Touch my scar, Thomas, and be not unbelieving like someone who would have a hallucination, but be believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. You see, it wasn't a dream. But Christ appeared to them physically. So for the resurrection to have been a hallucination, you can't have more than 500 people who claim to have seen him. All Many of them at different times. Secondly, that he was physically tangible, physically present in the room with these people. They could actually touch him. You don't touch a, you don't touch a, a mirage. You don't touch a ghost. And then thirdly, people say, well, yeah, they all hallucinated this because, you know, they, they wanted them to be alive. Well, these people did not have the foresight to project a resurrection, okay? You got to put your head into the heads of these people. This is the first century. And they had no clue that Christ was going to come back from the dead. So when he did, it was pretty amazing to them. Now, the other thing is, no hallucination has ever gone out and changed the course of human history. Christianity was not based upon a wish or a hope or a hallucination. It was based upon fact. So argument number four that the resurrection was a hallucination really falls on its own, under its own weight. And then finally, argument number five says it's really not important that he rose from the dead. It's not important that Jesus physically rose from the dead. It's only important, as I heard a preacher say one time in a church, it's only important that he's alive in your mind. 
that's kind of like, you know, when your dog dies or something. You, know, you hang a picture of him on the wall. It's like, he's alive in my heart. No, no, he's, he's dead. Yeah, it's, it's important that Jesus is alive, like actually alive. You know why? Because your whole belief system is based upon it. It's based upon the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. How do we know that? Well, because in 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says this. He says, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some of you say there's no resurrection from the dead? In other words, if the apostles are claiming to have seen Christ and saying that he's alive, why are some of you continuing to say that he's not alive? <laughs> when the apostles clearly are telling you, we saw him. He says, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, verse 13, not even Christ has been raised. So if no such thing as a resurrection, then of course Jesus is not alive. We say, well, what are the consequences of that? What's the fallout from that if Jesus Christ has not risen from the dead? He says, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Our preaching is in vain. It's, it's worthless, okay? You see, your faith, my faith is only as good as the object of, of that we put our faith in. Does that make sense? Faith faith in and of itself is pointless unless it has an object that is real. You can have faith in an alien or faith in a doorknob or faith in a tennis shoe. None of that means anything unless the object of your faith has validity, has credibility, has power, has meaning. And Paul says, if Christ hasn't been raised from the dead, then then all this preaching about Jesus and dying for your sins and there's a real heaven and hell and everybody goes to one of those people, all that, all that forgiveness of sin stuff is in vain. He says, secondly, your faith is also in vain. Your faith is in vain. Now, the first word that he uses for vain there is a word that means empty. So we're calling this sort of the emptiness of Christianity. Your faith is empty. He says it's completely without meaning like a car with no engine okay it may look nice may look religious but it's but it's empty but then he says your faith is also in vain and by that he means that it is without any sort of significance like a fake diamond or a counterfeit dollar bill right it, it has no intrinsic value so if christ has been raised the preaching the truth about jesus vintage truth is worthless your faith is worthless, okay? Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses. In other words, he's saying, then all Christians, all Christians from, from day one of Christianity, he says, we're all liars. We're all liars. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, everything you believe is based upon a lie. That ought to make you realize that the resurrection is the hinge upon which Christianity swings. You take that hinge off, and not only do we become unhinged, the whole thing falls apart. So he says we're like false witnesses. We're charlatans, hucksters. We're liars. He goes on to say, he says, because God, uh, because we witnessed against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. He said that once before. Then he says, and if Christ has not been raised, here's a fourth consequence. He says, your faith is worthless. In other words, it's without results, okay? 
it's like this. It's like you're typing an email on your computer, but you're not online, okay? You're, you're not hooked up to the internet. It, type all you want. It's not going anywhere. Everything may be great what you're saying in that email or that text message or whatever, but if you're not, if you're not wired up to the wireless internet or if you're not connected, it doesn't matter. It's worthless. It has no effect. Your faith is worthless. And then he says, fifthly, he says, and you're still in your sins. In other words, if Christ is not raised from the dead, then you're still under God's condemnation because no Savior has come to die for you and come back from the dead to prove that he really was the Savior. So you're still unforgiven. All those things that were the cause of you not having a relationship with God, all those things are still in effect. Now, you're still on death row. You went to sleep and had a dream. You got out of prison. You're still, and you wake up, you're still in your cell. That's what he's saying, right? You see, the resurrection was God's stamp of validation that the redemption paid for by Christ on the cross was accepted. Does that make sense? The cross means nothing without the resurrection. If Jesus just dies, how do you know that he really was who he said he was? How do you know that the payment he made on the cross for our sins was accepted by God? You don't, unless he raises himself from the dead, unless God raises him from the dead. Then he says in, in verse 18, he says, Then those who have, been, who have fallen asleep in, G, in Christ, that's a euphemism for dying, have perished. In other words, they just went on to the next life. And according to the verse previous, in hell. They're in hell. So every person who has ever believed in Jesus Christ, if Christ did not rise from the dead, those people are in hell right now. They are suffering under unimaginable torment, under the anger and wrath of God against sin. And Scripture tells us in Revelation that the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever and ever, i.e., no second chances. If Christ has not been raised from the dead. Then he concludes in verse 19. He says, if we have hoped in Christ, that's all Christians, right? In this life only. And there's no, no next life for us because Christ didn't rise from the dead. He says that we are of all men, of all men, of all the atheists, the, the pantheists, the, the, the people who worship different gods, the people who worship themselves, the people who worship their ancestors, the people who worship the animals, people who worship the world and nature. We are of all men most to be pitied. You know what he's saying? He's saying if Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead, then Christians are the biggest fools of all. We are the ones that the world should point a finger at and laugh. We are the ones to be pitied. You know why? Because we're missing out on everything, right? We're missing out on all the, the fun that the world has to offer just because of our faith. We're, we're missing out on, on so much we could be experiencing because we think that, oh, well, I shouldn't do that because God, you know, he wouldn't like that. We're putting our hope built upon a lie. What is that like? What's that like? You see, the converse, the opposite 
of all these things are true if Christ did rise from the dead. In other words, if Christ did rise from the dead, our preaching is not in vain. It has great meaning. It's not empty. It's full of meaning. Our faith is not also not in vain. It means that it is not without meaning. It's not a fake diamond. It's the real thing. Our faith, Christian faith, is the, the real authentic faith. None other but the Christian faith. And we're not false witnesses. We're not liars. In fact, we're the only ones who are telling the truth if Christ rose from the dead. If Christ rose from the dead, our faith is not worthless, meaning without results. No, it, it has great results because faith in Christ is what brings salvation to us. It has great, great ROI, okay? Great return on investment. If you put your faith in Jesus, you get back a hundredfold. You get salvation back. You get eternal life. You get a relationship with Christ. You get your sins forgiven. Read about Ephesians 1. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, if you want to find out some of the things that you get. If Christ is rise from the dead, we're not still in our sins, but our sins are forgiven. Guess who's still in their sins? All those who have not placed their faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ. Those people are still unsaved. The tables, oh, how the tables turn if Christ has indeed been risen from the dead. If it says, if we have hoped in Christ, uh, it says, no, it says, uh, then those who have fallen asleep in Jesus have perished. Guess what? If Christ rose from the dead, they haven't perished. A Christian who has died is in heaven. 100% guaranteed. Every true believer in Jesus Christ goes to heaven to be with God when they die. To be apart from this body is to be in the presence of the Lord. That's a guaranteed fact if Christ rose from the dead. And then he says, the final thing, then we are the ones most to be pitied. Guess what? If Christ really did rise from the dead, we are not the ones to be pitied. It's those who have yet to place their faith in Jesus Christ. It's all those who worship other gods. It's all those of other religions. It's all those who who are atheists or agnostics. It's all those who mock and ridicule the Christian faith, those are the ones to be pitied and those are the ones that God has called us to to bring the good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. You know, I was once in a church one time. We were in this church for about a year. We were just kind of like in the balcony, okay? I was sort of recovering from just being in the church and being a pastor for years and years and years, and we needed a year off. And so I, I went to this church, and we told the pastor when we went there, I said, look, we're just going to sit in the balcony. I hope that's okay. And just kind of get loved on for a while. I'll never forget that Easter Sunday. We're sitting in the balcony. The pastor's down front. And he comes down from the pulpit. And he just starts walking down the aisle. And he starts to say, hey, you guys realize that Jesus Christ really is alive? I mean, is that, that statement really impacted your life yet? And he said, then he said, doesn't it just make you want to just throw the doors of this church open and just shout to the world, Jesus is alive? And at that moment, he did that. He threw open the double doors of the church underneath the balcony. I couldn't see him. But he just shouted outside, Jesus Christ is alive. And then he started laughing. He walked back in the church. He said, I just scared a homeless man to death. (laughs) But you know what? That truth ought to get our attention. And it ought to get the world's attention. 
And it ought to make, made us re, make us realize that if Christ is alive, then he's alive for me today. If Christ is alive, it means that I can tap into that same kind of resurrection power. If Jesus Christ is alive today, then I have a hope, I have a future, I have a reason to live, and one day I'm going to, to be with this resurrected Christ, to see him again. My friend, Christianity is not empty, but the tomb of Christianity is bone dry empty. I hope you have a great weekend. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.